Hey there, party people. This is Queer Watching. I am Brianna, your host today, here with my best pal, Jesse. And today we're talking about the 2023 Oscar nominations. You might be wondering to yourself, why am I hosting when Jesse is such a spectacular host? Well, today is a very, very big day for him. We woke up at 8.30 a.m. my time, 5.30 a.m. his time, to watch the event, I guess you could call it. I mean, could we call it an event? It lasted 20 minutes of the 2023 Oscar nominations. This was a first for me, but Jesse has not missed this in four years. So today we're going to discuss basically all the films that were nominated for 2023 and potentially some ones that were not. So spoiler alert there. And we're going to give you the queer lens, what we felt like was there, what we felt like was missing, and what maybe we'd like to see in the future. So best pal, Jesse, <laughs> tell me, how Fantastic. did you feel? <clears throat> Fantastic intro, Brianna. Thanks. Um, I thought so. I mean, I was pretty excited for this, to be super honest. I texted you quite a bit about it yesterday. This just feels like this- reveal day, you know? <laughs> Yes, I definitely shared that text message with Aquila just to share the level of excitement you had because y'all, I know Jesse's a film nerd, like I know, but then when you get back-to-back text messages with emojis and multiple exclamation points from somebody who like regularly uses periods, it really drives it home. You're a big old movie nerd. (laughs) I am. I'm kind of an Oscar fanatic and... Yeah, so end of January is usually when we get the nominations. So it was yesterday or today. Sorry, today. I took a nap in between, so it already feels like a, a whole day ago. Um, but yeah, it was thrilling. There was a couple unexpected things as usual, which always gets me really excited. I'm sure you heard me reacting. There's a couple, well, there's at least one kind of first, but maybe we should start with best picture. So Best Picture now has to have 10 in every... Yeah, why is that? It's kind of to spread the wealth. So they used to do a voting system where it would just be the top however many that had enough votes or maybe it was even percentage-wise, but Mm -hmm. now they just do the top 10. And Best Picture is unlike the other categories in that everyone votes on Best Picture, whereas the other categories... The people in that branch will make the shortlist and then people will vote off of the shortlist. So so for those of us who might not know, mostly me, because I genuinely have no idea. When you say people vote, who are these people? Who's voting? Oh, okay, so yeah, Who's totally. Great, great question. So the Oscars are voted on by the Academy and you get invited to the Academy and... I think it's just shy of 10,000 members right now. So it's pretty big. Okay. Uh, the, the acting branch, I believe, is the biggest. There has been a push as we like push towards diversity to make it more international, more people of color, and more women. So as we invite people every year, um, and they can decline, but most of them accept, um, the Academy is becoming more and more diverse. So. so from that, I gathered that you are able to confirm that there are black people in the academy unlike the golden globes yes correct unlike the hfpa and the hfpa does have a couple now they have remedied that but yeah it's like under 10 so not a lot but their voting body is much smaller they have like 200 members so like percentage wise it could be comparable okay got you okay so that's who you mean any actors that like a lay person would know that would be on the Academy or are they like, are there qualifications, I guess? So uh, the Academy decides who they want to invite. So usually if you get a nomination, you get invited, not always. And there are plenty of people that have been invited that have never been nominated. So it's kind of just who the Academy respects in their field. So I would say 90, 95% of all the actors we know are in the Academy. Okay. Okay, yep. cool. Thank you. I, I'm i sure at some point in our, what is it, like 20-year relationship at this point, you have told me this, and I'm sure I nodded along and said, uh-huh. <laughs> um, so thank you for giving me a refresher, because I genuinely had no idea. 
Yeah, it's a lot to keep track of. And all the awards bodies do things a little bit differently. Like BAFTA the last couple of years has done a totally different thing than the other ones. They actually have like a tiny panel of elite like educators and uh, people like vote on theirs. And so it's not really a whole group of mishmash of people. It's like a couple people in a tiny room that are very, very educated and kind of like Mm -hmm. the the typical way you do this so the BAFTAs have some very very different nominations so yeah it it all is about how the voting process kind of works and then you know okay. same with critics choice that's all critics so there's actually like I don't think any overlap with the academy because critics aren't invited to the academy so it's it's a lot of times all the award shows are just different groups of people so it's fascinating to see when there is actually a consensus or not mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I was just getting excited because I was like, ah, critic meaning somebody who's critiquing movies. Maybe one day you could be part of the critics. Jess, these are the goals. These are the goals. <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're going to start with best picture, which is diversified to 10. So that way more movies have this have an opportunity rather than it being like the same five that we do tend to see in some of the other categories. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think part of the push to include all 10 was also to try to get the public a little more interested in this award show again, because a lot of times the Academy will just do like five smaller artsy films. But if we broaden it to 10, we see things like Top Gun Maverick and like things get in there this year that people really did go see, you know? Yeah. So that was actually going to be my question for you is what five movies from this list do you think would have been in the original five and what five do you think were added? You can answer that question after we reveal the 10 that were in the list. Yeah. So for best picture, we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Women Talking believe that's all from all 10 triangle of sadness yes and triangle of sadness sorry that was the one i didn't predict yeah but it's right here at the bottom yeah so that one was the surprise to me was triangle of sadness i had thought it was going to be babylon um but i i liked triangle of sadness way better as a movie so i'm actually pretty excited about that so okay i think that if the category were still how it was i think like five years ago I think you would have Banshees of Inisherin, without a doubt, and The Fablemans. Those are very, like, movie movies. Like, the Academy is going to love those. I think Tar would also still be in there. Man, probably Elvis, because the Academy loves a biopic. Or a biopic. Sure, if you want to say it wrong, you're welcome to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to say. I want to say... One more. I know. I'm going to guess All Quiet on the Western Front. The Academy also really likes a war movie. And I don't know if you've seen that one, but it is very, very good. For the record, I've seen like five of the movies that are in the Oscars. Um, But I was also going to suggest All Quiet on the Western Front because not for nothing, but it's in like every other category. And I find historically that when a movie has a lot of nominations in other categories, it does tend to also make it. Yeah, so by that rule, though, Everything Everywhere All at Once has the most nominations this year, which is pretty fascinating because that to me, as like a genre movie, doesn't seem like something they would typically go for. But I think the Academy is changing and also starting to really notice when movies get kind of that public attention and perhaps give them a second look. Because, yeah, it's got 11 nominations, whereas the next nearest, I think, is Banshees at nine. I'm so excited to see Banshees simply because you despise it. And I'm, like, really rooting for a good Irish movie because it just makes my Irishness happy. I mean, it's very Irish. They say, like, a lot of ficking and, like, all kinds of... Oh, my God. I'm going to bring some whiskey into the theater and just sip. It's going to be great. Live your life, but I... yeah. I did not care for that movie, and I'm very excited to talk to you about it after. (laughs) Uh Okay, so what ones then? So that would leave Top Gun, Woman Talking, Triangle of Sadness, and 
Avatar and Everything Everywhere all at once. Yeah, essentially the more that, fun movies. A movie called Triangle of Sadness. I don't know if I'd describe that as fun. You haven't seen it. It's a satire. And the movie about women talking about their sexual assaults. Also. Okay, I haven't. That's the one on here I haven't seen. It just came out. So hopefully this week. But yeah, I already know I'm going to love it, right? It's like people talking in a room. That is much shit. So mm-hmm. yeah. How do you feel about 12 Angry Men? Man, it's been a really long huge time. Pivot, but... Yeah, it's a really long time since I've seen it. I believe I liked it at the time. Yeah, I, I love eighth grade. I love a tight script, you know, where we like the mm, yeah, just give it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you didn't like whale where people were in a room and talking. The whale? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are always exceptions, like when the script is bad and the people aren't real. <laughs> Aronofsky, did you hear that? Jesse says your script was bad. Uh, I don't think he wrote the script. I think the playwright did. But either way, well, uh, I don't think Aronofsky gives a crap what I think. What are your takes on Best Picture? Do you have any other thoughts on Best Picture before we go into another category? I think it's a great slot of movies. I liked most of these to be honest. I mean, there are like one or two on here that if it wins, I will not be pleased. If Avatar Way of Water wins or Elvis wins, like not that they were terrible movies, but they're not the best. And this is the best Mm -hmm. picture category. Although what is best, right? Like that's, this is award shows in and of themselves are kind of silly because all of them are going to have bias. And what is the best movie? It's not going to be the same for everyone, right? Everyone's bringing their own stuff to the table. So It is silly, and I do acknowledge that, but it's still pretty fun when you love movies to see what the biggest consensus of people in the industry think think was good. And again, they all have their own motivations, who they like, who they don't like, who they've worked with, but it's still a great time, I think. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking about the fact that we have, I, again, haven't seen all of them, but I'd say like two movies that have queerness in them that have made it to the Best Picture nomination uh which not for nothing i think is pretty cool tar is explicitly about a queer woman right yep you saw that yep it's very good and then everything everywhere all at once the daughter is queer i don't know if she identifies as a lesbian but it's queer and then the mom has a relationship with jamie lee curtis in the hot dog finger uh (laughs) reality yes yeah there's definitely plenty of queerness going on there Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's fairly typical. There's usually one, like last year we had Power of the Dog. It's pretty common for there to be queer movies here. It's also very common for them to be played by all straight actors, just like Mm -hmm. we see again this year. Mm -hmm. And that's where I start to have some of my personal feelings come through. I get really tired of all the nominations for at least as far as we know, straight actors playing all these queer roles. I would love, absolutely love to see some queer actors playing some queer roles. We occasionally will get queer actors playing straight roles, right? Like last year we got Kristen Stewart and Spencer, but it's it's incredibly rare to to get both. And I'm I'm ready for it. I I was ready for it five years ago. So I it's I love when these movies that have queer content get the recognition. I love that they're being made, not being overlooked. It's fantastic, but we got to get some queer actors in those roles. Yeah. 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 I mean, so if I'm going to like pick one to win here, mm-hmm. I kind of hope that everything everywhere all at once. I think that would be super cool if we could see that. Uh, it's yeah it's also not one that the academy would would have picked at any other time like it feels kind of like the the parasite or the coda in that it's like the little engine that could or the moonlight no because the box offices are so vastly different i have a hard time making that comparison I was more making the comparison in the the what was it that you just said the little engine that could sure fine if you don't like it it's fine i mean if you want to make a moonlight comparison yeah of the episode like may as well get it in here now although i will say 
Moonlight is another one of those movies I'm talking about where it's a queer movie, but nobody in it, to my knowledge, is queer. So it's just mm-hmm. fallen into that same exact trap. So I honestly, the only one that I personally know of where a queer actor played a queer character and got an Oscar nomination is actually the movie that you've been pushing for us to watch, which is Gods of War with Ian McKellen. That's the only one that I'm aware of. Now, it gets tricky because for all of Hollywood, it has not been safe for people to be out, right? And so there's plenty of speculation about actors for honestly as long as the Oscars have been around being in the closet and winning roles. There's rumors for Marlon Brando, rumors for Katherine Hepburn, right? And Katherine Hepburn has the most acting Oscars of any person ever still. So it's I'm pretty sure Marlon Brando has been on the record or was on the record saying that he's had relationships with men. Okay. But yes, definitely not like out there waving his, his bi flag. Yeah. So I guess if we're counting Marlon Brando, then the first time that we get a now out queer actor nominated would be 1951. He gets it for streetcar named desire. He doesn't win until 54 for on the waterfront, but no, that's a, that's fantastic. That's much further back than I had anticipated because I wasn't tracking that it was confirmed. I thought it was rumored for, for him. It says open about his bisexuality. Okay, great. Fantastic. The first one to me would have been Rock Hudson, which I guess is still technically speculative, but I think there's enough evidence to go ahead and count him as queer. Um, So he got nominated in 1956 for Giant. So there, you know, there have been some queer actors in the past, but I still not enough, especially if we do the comparison, right? Like if we do percentage of queer actors to straight actors, it's like, cool, this is ridiculous. So, and even this year, I was kind of disappointed that Janelle Monet didn't get a supporting actress nom for Glass Onion. I thought she was amazing in Glass Onion. Honestly, I'm surprised Glass Onion got anything because like not for nothing. The first one, in my opinion, was way better than the second one. The second one you saw it coming from a million miles away. And yes, Janelle Monet is a phenomenal actress. And I didn't think anything in the movie was Oscar nomination worthy. That's just me. Wow, now who's a hater? I <laughs> I kind of see what you're saying, but I I so it got screenplay, adapted screenplay because it's technically mm-hmm. a sequel. But I love that nomination. I thought it was particularly clever and witty and I actually liked it much better than the first one. So Yeah, well, you're wrong. So that's <laughs> You also liked Avatar, so. It's beautiful. You can't knock a movie mm-hmm. you haven't seen, Brianna. Mm, yes, I can. No, that's that's not how we do things here. You have to at least see it before you hate on it. Nope. I'm not going to okay. give my money to it. It will be on Disney Plus, I'm sure, not too long in the future, so. Also my time. That's three hours. Okay, so you've just decided you hated it without even watching it. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't like the premise. I'm sure the acting and yes, the the technology is amazing, but no, no, thank you. What's the premise? You said you don't like, like the it. first one. <laughs> you said you don't like it, so tell me the premise <laughs> of the movie. I'm assuming. See, I'm making an ass out of you and me. Um. That has to do with like Pocahontas status stuff. (laughs) Something's coming to invade. And then the white guy who now lives with the people also helps to lead the attack on the people that are on the things that are invading. Because there's no way that the white guy that stayed there can't be some level of important in this movie. Jake Sully. Yeah, I hear you. It's not problem free in its storytelling. And... For better or worse, that's the general kind of gist, I suppose. But I would say it's a little more interesting than that. But I'm with you. Most of its appeal, I think, is in the how beautiful it looks, not in the storytelling. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, that's why I saw the first one, because the first one was really beautiful. But I didn't, because the first one was like brand new technology, I didn't see 
much difference and at least the trailers I'd say of the way in which the world looked so I was like eh, it looks like the first one hmm okay I mean I would say it looks a little better now it has been 13 years so mm-hmm. it is a little different some of the the motion capture that they're able to do is is amazing but I hear you Avatar is not for everyone. I have a friend that keeps telling me I, I'm not going to go see blue people. So it's not just you. <laughs> Some is people that Jordan? Just, it is Jordan. <laughs> it sounded very Jordan of Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You, yeah. I feel like about this movie, how you feel about Banshees. So it's fine. But you know what the difference is? I went and saw it in order to mm-hmm. be able to critique it. So I have at least the ability to. But that's because it looked like a good original story. And then you were disappointed that it's just about friendship, which me and Casey have very much corrupted you in. So womp womp. Yeah, um, it is an original me, story. <laughs> not part of me does want Top Gun Maverick to win something. I am not typically a proponent of... um military propaganda movies but this movie i loved it was just by far the best sequel that's ever been made wow those are big big words there um i also thought it was very good the thing that makes me think it doesn't really have a chance to win is what you were saying earlier the breadth of the nominations so besides best picture well, in a in a whirlwind, it got screenplay, which I was baffled by because it's not a terrible screenplay, but there's nothing in it that's like, oh my gosh, wow. Like, it's more of the technical stuff, I would say, in this movie that makes it the gem that it is. I hear you, but then also the scene of Iceman. Ah, but it's my the, heart. But it's the acting there. I don't think it's necessarily the dialogue that was written that make it so special. Well, yeah, because... There wasn't a lot of dialogue during that scene because of cancer. I hear you. But to me, then, we're looking at acting, not screenplay. Fine, I'll concede. All right. Fine, I'm right in my world. <laughs> That's totally fine. I'm hoping that Women Talking gets it for adapted screenplay. Just from the clips that I've seen, it it looks amazing. And it's going to be, it okay. is a lot of that dialogue. So now we've jumped to talking about adapted screenplay. Should we talk about that category? Yes. So we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun, and Women Talking. I will say All Quiet on the Western Front doesn't have a ton of dialogue. So it was a little... I mean, there are things in screenplays besides dialogue, for sure. But it's probably just a lot of like set design notes, (laughs) I would imagine. Because... Yeah, it's like in the trenches of war. There's not a ton of talking. There's some yelling, but there's like not, you know, not a lot of like dialogue, dialogue. Plus the title's not all talking on the Western Front. It's all quiet. Oof. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Couldn't help yourself. I couldn't. I couldn't. I was like, it says quiet. Okay. Um, So what about OG screen uh, screenplay? I almost said screen store. Um, So this category is actually, I think, the only category I predicted 100%. So go, Jesse. So, yeah, that'll be Spielberg for The Fablemans, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Todd Field for Tar, Martin McDonough for Banshees, and Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. These honestly all seem like amazing screenplays, even Banshees that I don't care for, which I assume will be the winner, but you never know. You don't think Spielberg is going to sweep every category he's in? No, I do think he'll probably get director, though. And and a lot of times you'll see them give screenplay to somebody else because they're going to give him director. It's possible that he'll win for Fablemans. Him and Tony Kushner wrote it together, but I, I, I don't like a sweep. I like when it's a diverse group of winners. We can recognize, you know, all or more of the talent. So, and, and... I like Spielberg enough. I I don't need a ton of him, you know? I, I actually don't find The Fablemans to be some of his best work. I know it's more personal, but I found the acting from Paul Dano and Michelle Williams to be actually pretty bad. And the story to be only mildly interesting. 
so mm. and I think his narrative of like it took me this long to make it because I had to like get there and let people slowly get to know me is kind of silly because to me he just waited till his parents died because it doesn't put them in a good light so I you know it's probably some of all of it but it was not my favorite movie made this year nor will it even be on my top 20. I hope that you get the chance to interview him at some point in your life and you tell him those exact words I really do I just feel like well, that feels a little disrespectful to say in an interview, but I would probably position it more of like, you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. These are my favorite movies of yours, right? Like, you know, Schindler's List, some of the <laughs> the ones that I super like. But So again, two queer movies in original screenplay, uh, which is fun. No queer ones in the... Other screenplay, the adapted screenplay. Uh, yeah, to our knowledge, I haven't seen Living or Women Talking, but they have. Yeah, to my knowledge, that's correct. Actress okay. in a supporting role. I think this one is a lock. To be honest, already, I think it's Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. I don't think there's any real competition for her at all. I think the closest thing would be Jamie Lee Curtis for everything everywhere all at once. But to me, her role in that movie isn't Oscar worthy. And she's against Stephanie Sue for the same movie. So if there is any canceling out they're they're not going to quite make the cut. So I think it's going to be Angela Bassett, Wakanda forever. No competition. I mean, I would love to see that. I have yet to see Banshees. It's on my to-watch list. But I think Angela Bassett did phenomenal. I also feel like Hung Chow, and to me, Hung Chow would probably be the next one, just mm. because I think she did such a great job in that movie. And then I'd put, yeah, Stephanie Hsu over Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, just because she had to do like a wider range of acting in the yeah. scenes you killed yeah. it with the hot dog hands it was great <laughs> it was great I, I, uh. yeah so. she's also been out campaigning and championing for that movie right we saw i think the, the photo of her reacting to michelle eo's win at the golden globes went around where she looks just like she's losing her mind so yeah and carrie condon was great in banshees you know it's just not my favorite movie so Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever will also be a first. It'll be the first time that anyone's won for a Marvel project, the Oscars. So at least in an acting category. So that'll be that'll be pretty cool. And that was the first time that anyone had won for a Marvel movie in the Globes as well for an acting thing, right? Correct. There's just something about Marvel movies that a lot of the bodies don't like. And, and very frequently, they just don't have the acting range. But I think with the death of Chadwick Boseman and all the... The true grief in this movie, it, it really does make it next level. Which I think then could also loop back to original screenplay in that that makes me surprised that that movie didn't get a nod for that since they had to essentially rewrite the screenplay for the movie in order to incorporate Chadwick Boseman's death. And then like that the writing was so good and that they were able to tell, I know it's not your favorite movie, but like so many stories in a way that worked together and introduce a new villain. Yeah, it would have been in Adapted because it is a sequel and all sequels have to fall into Adapted because it's a already established property. But I don't totally agree, but I, I you make a good point. They did have to adapt. Um, the storytelling in it was not my favorite. It gets pretty convoluted with some of the in the middle to me but I like you. honestly how the fuck did glass onion make it in and not black panther that does not make sense to me i feel like black panther had a much did a much better job of telling a story than glass onion we can agree to disagree on this i think that <laughs> because Ryan you're not Johnson's... a detective it's because you're not a detective oh, you have oh. no 
no interest in solving mysteries. So you don't actually watch the movie to solve the mystery. You watch it to be entertained. And so at that lowbrow level of detective work, sure, I can see how you'd find it entertaining. Thank you so much for your detective, Brianna. (laughs) I didn't realize you were a detective. Once again, what the hell are your credentials? All your Nancy Drew games? <laughs> all of my Nancy Drew games, all of my Nancy Drew books, all of my murder mystery puzzles, my murder mystery birthday, oh boy. and my murder mystery games outside of Nancy Drew looking at you, Sherlock Holmes, not to mention all the murder mystery TV that I watch. So suck it to you, Jesse. I am credentialed. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Actress in a leading role. Kate Blanchett for Tar. Ana de Aramas. Armas. Armas? I like Aramas. Yeah, Ana de Aramas. You're right. There's not, a, there's not another A. Armas. Andrea Riseborough to Leslie. Michelle Williams, The Fablemans. Michelle Yeoh. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Who do you think's going to win? Oh man, I think it's two. It's between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. I I really don't know between the two of them. I think, boy, I would like to see Michelle Yeoh. Like if I have my pick, I would choose her. She's never won an Oscar. Kate Blanchett has, and honestly, Kate Blanchett's speech at the Critics' Choice Awards was very like. These awards are these award shows are really silly. We don't need them. I think we just nominate five people and everyone be a winner. And to me, like, sure, sure. If you think that, fine, whatever. But I think it's gonna mean more to Michelle Yeoh kind of after hearing that. And I honestly, career-wise, I would love to see it for Michelle Yeoh because an Oscar really does kind of propel your career forward. And Kate Blanchett does not need that in the same way Michelle Yeoh does. You know, just because I think of racism, like if we really (laughs) boil it down, it's just tougher as a older woman of color to get roles where it's, you know, a little bit easier as a white woman. So, yeah, Michelle Yeoh all the way. This category was kind of upsetting to me overall because there was a lot of predictions that Daniel Deadweiler would get in for Till and Viola Davis would get in for The Woman King. And neither Mm. of them got in and were shafted for white women or I guess I guess we don't know exactly. One on a day arm has probably replaced one of them, so not all of them are um, white, but at least white passing. And yeah, that was pretty heartbreaking. I I saw Woman King and Viola Davis was good. I'm not sure she was like amazing, but that movie was was a very great movie. It's a fantastic action movie, and I love Gina Prince Blythewood. You know, we recently watched Love and Basketball, which he day- hadn't seen. Y'all, he had not <laughs> seen Love and Basketball. And like that True. movie was key in my sexual awakening. Okay, back to the 2023 Oscars. <laughs> it's true. It was, it was good. And then Daniel Deadweiler for Till, like that was she, I haven't seen that one, but from the trailer, it looks like she just compels that entire movie. So definitely heartbreaking to see you no know, black woman in this category. It's a little reminiscent of the, Oscar's so white from five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only one that I have actually seen, the only movie that I've actually seen is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And again, I think she did phenomenal. I agree, Kate Blanchett, you're, a pheno- you're an amazing actress, but you get these opportunities all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, if we were to take into consideration the extent that people saw this movie as like a factor, then I'd say like everything everywhere all at once. Um, I know that might not be a deciding factor, but that would be a thing for me, but it is cool to see that both of the thing, both of the movies that you think are top contenders are queer. Yes. I'm going to keep mentioning it. Actor in supporting role. And the nominees are Brendan Gleeson. The Banshees of Inishirin. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway. Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans. Barry Keoghan, The Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. Ki Hui Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And in my book, the Oscar goes to Ki Hui Kwan for yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once. 
in part because his speech at the Globes was amazing. It touched <laughs> my little heart. <laughs> yes, his precursor speeches have been amazing. Even his speech at Critics' Choice was fantastic. He was like, I couldn't have done this without all of you writing about my comeback story. And it was just like, he was crying. It was very, very touching. So yeah, I think he's got that one in the bag as well. I, I'm i here for it. Absolutely love it. The Brian Tyree Henry was also amazing in Causeway. I just didn't think anyone actually saw that movie. It was a kind of quieter Apple TV release in mm. October, November time. So I just, I thought it got lost in the mix. I watched it actually on the plane to come see you and thought it was September. great. September. Okay. Yeah, and then Jennifer Lawrence is in it, so I figured if anyone was going to get recognition from it, it would be her. But honestly, he's he really keeps up with her. I thought they were a great duo, and it's a it's a great movie. It's a lot of just them talking. So again, why it's kind of for me. Um, so yeah. he was the surprise I mean, nomination there. I would definitely, I definitely want to see it. Uh, a because I've worked with veterans in the past, so I find the traumatic brain injury aspect of um, being a soldier very intriguing and then also because brian tyree henry was amazing in bullet train which sidebar remind me what do you think of that movie it was fine okay well i really enjoyed it i liked the <laughs> quick wit i loved brian tyree henry's character with his little um thomas the tank engine references uh i thought it was it was great i laughed many times on this plane that is something about me. I only watch movies on planes that will make me have inappropriate reactions to be had in a packed small space, whether it's crying or laughing. That's going to be me. And I was guffawing at Bullet Train. Nice. I'm sure your seatmates really enjoyed that. The one kind of like shaft in this category would be Paul Dano from The Fablemans, but I kind of love that because I thought it was a little overacted from him and a lot overacted from Michelle Williams. So not too upset that the Fablemans uh, missed out there. And the next category is actor in a leading role. The nominees are Austin Butler, Elvis, Colin Farrell, the Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser, the Whale, Paul Mescal, After Sun. Bill Nye, living. Thrilled to see Paul Mascal in here for After Sun, right? Like, I, I drug you to that movie. We had a fun argument about it. <laughs> um, so, stoked to see him here. I don't think he'll win. He really hasn't been nominated at most of the precursors. He got the BAFTA, but that's about it. I, To me, this is still a three-way race between Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inisherin. Brendan Fraser for The Whale, and Austin Butler for Elvis. They've all won some precursor ones. I Elvis made a lot of money. A lot of people saw it. I didn't think it was anything special. Like He does a good job and was very committed to the role. When we watched the Golden Globes and he gave his speech, he still seems to be doing the Elvis voice that I can't explain or understand. Maybe it's a gotta wean out of it type of thing. I don't know. I'm not an actor, but out of the festivals, everyone said Brendan Fraser for the whale, right? I don't love that, but he does seem to still have some momentum. People seem to love him as a person and an actor. He also has a comeback story narrative, not as interesting a one as Kiwi Kwan. And then Colin Farrell, I don't think he's ever won an Oscar, but he's been nominated a whole bunch of times. So his would be, I think, a little more of a career award, but he does a he does perfectly fine in Banshees. Um, so I, I honestly don't know who's, who's gonna take this one. Are Academy Awards the same as Oscars? Yes. Okay. So he's received a nomination for Academy Awards. Um, I just think he's very hot. So on that alone, I'd like to see him win, but I feel like Paul Mescal could do an upset. That movie is obscure enough and he did a, a great enough job that like it could upset everybody. Did you mention Brendan Fraser? I'm sorry. I got caught up in my research while you were talking. 
Okay. I feel like he's most likely going to win uh, just because everyone's talked about it. And we all have a soft spot for Brendan Fraser in our hearts. I know we've talked about our own critiques of the movie and and him playing this role. But I do think that the greater United States is not on that level with us. So That's the thing. It, like the Academy is so international now. I'm not ah, sure. It's international. I didn't know it was international. Keep going. I think with the international push. It's hard to know how the whale is going to land in other countries. I'm That makes sense. Yeah, I'm worried that international audiences are going to be like, what the fuck is this? Kind of like I was. So we'll see. We'll see. I think you're right that there is a lot of love for Brendan Fraser. I wouldn't be upset about Colin Farrell winning mostly just so we can hear his adorable Irish accent, his speech, like not upset about that. There's still a month, a little over a month and a half till the Oscars. So a lot can change in a month and a half. Now that we've got nominations, anything can happen. It's so exciting. Awards, <laughs> awards season. <laughs> I can't wait to see you just dressed up in a little tux with your stupid little beard just on the outside and be like, oh my God, I'm here. Big old cheese eating grin, little red cheeks. Okay, going on to the next one for directing. <laughs> next category is directing. The nominees are Banshees of Inishirin, Martin McDonough. I don't know how to say that name. McDonough. McDonough. Donna, I'm Irish. I should know that. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg. Tar, Todd Field. Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Ostlund. Um, I believe this category exactly matches original screenplay. Yeah. So the Academy was like, good screenplay, good directing. Got it. Good for good for you five. I thought James Cameron might get in here for Avatar, but you know, as we've pointed out, not the greatest of storytelling. And maybe the Academy doesn't like when you take 13 years to make a movie. So looking at you, the Incredibles. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's a second Incredibles. Yes. And it took like 13 years for it to come out. The first one came out in like 2001. Mm, okay. I guess I wasn't totally tracking. Honestly, with I Pixar can't... stuff, I'm going to watch it anyway. So. 14 years the first mm. one came out in 2004 the second one came out in 2018 this is why all the memes of like pushing children out of the way were trending during that movie because back the fuck off we've been waiting see that's how i felt about toy story 3 when i was like move children i am here <laughs> okay we need to come back to this when we're done with this podcast. But okay, uh, I have the Blu-ray. Okay, okay, wow. I gotta. I'm gonna have to push past this. Okay, okay. Um, directing. I'm hoping for the Daniels. I think it'll be Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be cool to see the Daniels up there, and it's the only example of a person of. Actually, I don't know Ruben Oslin. I don't know anything about him. So. Um, one of the Daniels is a person of color, so we would at least have some non-white directors up there. It is a little bit of a bummer that we don't have any women in the directing category. We had been doing pretty well having some women the last couple of years, but back to uh, just uh, all men. Ruben is a Swedish filmmaker. Is he a white guy? Yes. All right. So, yeah, it's a big pool of white guys and one of the Daniels. <laughs> The nominees for international feature film are All Quiet on the Western Front, Germany. Argentina, 1985, Argentina. Close, Belgium. EO, Poland. The Quiet Girl, Ireland. Tell me your thoughts. Well, I was kind of surprised that the South Korean film Decision to Leave wasn't on here. I had heard nothing about The Quiet Girl from Ireland, so that one was kind of a surprise. I haven't been able to see Close, the Belgium one. It looks really good. It hasn't released in the States yet, but we've seen the trailer a couple times, mm -hmm. um, so that That's looks really good. I, wouldn't, I would not be upset about that. I would also not be upset about All Quiet on the Western Front. Like you said, it's getting the nominations in all the other categories, which kind of leads me to believe it's a shoe in for international. It is technically 
a remake. So I think it was in the 40s or 50s the original came out. Also won Best Picture. And then there was like a TV series that they did, I think, in the 80s. So this property has been touched a bunch of times. I don't know if that's going to deter from it. This is the first time a German filmmaker has taken it and tried to make it even more authentic. So um, I do think there's something very special about it. It's also quite a technical feat and very entertaining. If you like war movies, like watch this on Netflix. It's got the it's got an English dub, so you can tell what's happening. Have you read the description of The Quiet Girl at all? No. Okay, well, cue description. Rural Ireland, 1981. A quiet, neglected girl is sent away from her dysfunctional family to live with foster parents for the summer. She blossoms in their care, but in this house where there are meant to be no secrets, she discovers one. I'm intrigued. It sounds a little mystery-esque, and so I kind of want to watch it. It's not available for streaming as of yet. Okay. Yeah, sometimes a lot of the international ones are really hard to get a hold of. A lot of times they just haven't, you know, if you didn't see them at a film festival, they haven't wide released in the U.S., so Mm. not a lot we can do. Okay. And I mean, I know that we had talked or like speculated about doing close for the podcast when it eventually came out out because based on the trailer, it looks like at the very least it talks about uh, homophobia or like presumed queerness uh in the relationship between the two young boys but in the trailer it doesn't explicitly say that there that there's any romantic or sexual feelings between them uh more that it looks like it might be a really close friendship but definitely want to see to further unpack that yeah i think that's the whole premise of the movie is they're getting all this speculation and then how do they handle it it seems like one of them leans into it and one of them leans away from it but yeah we'll we'll Definitely try to cover that when it comes out as long as it's accessible. Yeah, I was also a little bit bummed that Jeremy Pope couldn't get a nomination here for the inspection. It's Mm -hmm. not a role the Academy typically would, you know, push to the forefront, I think. But that would have been essentially exactly what we're at or what I'm asking for, which is queer actors playing queer parts, getting their acting recognition. So typically at the Oscars in the past, you know, it's mostly the music categories that that all the queer folks, you know, have a chance in. We saw Sam Smith win a couple of years ago and then Lady Gaga and then Elton John. So, you know, queer folks are getting that original song category. It's just branching into the acting category. That seems to be the bigger struggle. And like the root of that is some of the authenticity in the casting. Right. We're just not casting queer actors to play queer roles. So do better, Hollywood. Yes. And also, oof, Jeremy Pope is only 30 years old. What am I doing with my life? It's fine. Um, yeah, you can't, we can't play that game. <laughs> he's a baby. He's a baby. Uh, but no, I too would have loved to have seen him for that movie um, because I thought he did a phenomenal job navigating. Like I loved how he transitioned from like, moments of joy to then just moments of other utter despair very quickly Mm -hmm. and i thought there was good character growth and character arc in the movie so i agree i think it should have gotten more recognition i am happy though that he got a nomination at the globes yes yeah me too that will definitely help his career as well and that's the one thing i guess we can say for all of these award shows even though they're silly is they do give some of these folks you know a step up when it comes to their career and stuff like that. Um, which is why when we talk about winners, we root for the underdog because the ones that get nominated every single year, like Kate Blanchett, they just, they don't need it. They don't need it. And he's also very attractive. Okay. You're still so, looking at pictures of Jeremy Pope. I am. <laughs> and uh, he's just got that square face and you know how a square face, a square jaw does it for me. Okay. So those are all the above the line categories, right? Yep. Any other comments that you want to say about the Oscars or like any topics that we didn't touch on that have to do with queerness? I think my only thought is 
in some ways I'm not too surprised that it's Oscar so white to an extent again this year because there has been a push to diversify and it almost feels like now we're at the backlash in some ways. We saw Ariana DeBose win last year as the first open queer woman of color to to win. And so the year after that, of course, we have all white man directors and almost all white categories. And um, thank God for everything everywhere all at once, giving us a handful of people of color in here. But, you know, I think my biggest takeaway is we, we still got to push that diversity really, really hard. And the Academy did put some rules out, I think, two years ago now that you had to have, I think, 50% of your everyone working on your movie has to be uh, considered diverse in some way, whether that's LGBTQ, a person of color or a woman. So I, I'm not sure how much that's helping, but I'm hoping that we really start next year seeing pr- way more diverse uh folks in here yeah and continue with the diversification of the stories that we're telling uh because i would say at least for some categories this year we did get that there wasn't a lot of like same stories different white guy perspective and so i like that i feel like at the very least you showed me a lot of different movies so i'm hoping that that continues with the trend of different stories being nominated which then would lead to hopefully different folks being nominated yeah i think the box office coming up is is going to be a really big part of it we are seeing a a huge divide in what people go see right we saw top gun maverick everything everywhere at once and avatar just like break the box office as far as expectations for these movies but then most if not all of the others underperformed quite a bit you know fablemans banshees actually banshees did pretty well but fablemans couldn't make its money no one went and saw babylon you know just and and that didn't make best picture but even triangle of sadness you know like they're making five million dollars at the box office a lot of times whereas they need to make at least double that to be worth it so it almost feels like we're at a time where we're losing that middle market movie so i think studios are gonna have to adapt or or hopefully once it feels more not pandemic people will go back to the theater because i don't want to i go to theater every week right i i don't want the theater to just be something you do for marvel and avatar i want it to be something you do for for all of these projects right this is how i don't know we don't need to measure culture this way necessarily but like getting familiar with these stories and giving people an opportunity to tell more stories is beautiful and fascinating and i think how we learn and continue to to grow as as people so you know go to the theater and um yeah (laughs) let's keep making movies absolutely okay you want to take us out jess thank you for joining us today at queer watching feel free to follow us on twitter at queer underscore watching and if you want to send us an email with recommendations or feedback hopefully positive feedback mr you're chewing on rocks don't really want to talk to him anymore um you can email us at queerwatching at gmail.com that's queerwatching at gmail.com go movies thanks party people